Within 36 hours, Ogden Clinic orthopedic specialist, Dr. Michael Hall, was called, recruited, and on a flight to the front lines assisting with COVID-19 efforts in New York City. Dr. Hall sat down with us for a special interview where he shares his unique perspective. We are so grateful for Dr. Hall and all of the medical heroes serving on the front lines. Welcome to The Daily Diagnosis, a healthy lifestyle podcast provided by Ogden Clinic. We're your prescription for health-centered conversation, stories, and advice. I'm Parker Shaw. With the help of my team and featuring the talented providers of Ogden Clinic, you'll reach a positive prognosis for your podcast addiction by listening to The Daily Diagnosis. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this weekly update. We actually are here with a very special guest, I guess you could say. This is one of our uh, orthopedic doctors for Ogden Clinic. This is Dr. Michael Hall. And uh, I say this is a very special update because Dr. Hall is actually reporting to us live from New York City. And Dr. Hall, we're really happy to have you on the call today. Thanks for having me out, Parker. Appreciate it. Thank you, and thank you for everything that you're doing. We've been really concerned and just are, are happy to hear from you and see your face. Could you go in and kind of just break down to our audience what you, how you got to New York? Yeah, uh, well, it's kind of a, that would be a long story, but um, in the short version of it, um, honestly, I was um, I was actually down in St. George. Um, um, about two weeks ago, visiting family. I have two sons that live down there and my parents. And uh, I went down on a Thursday and um, Friday night, about midnight, I got a phone call, um, got, woke me up. And uh, I've been a part of the Navy Reserve now for about six months is all. But um, I got a phone call from the Navy and said, um, we'd, <clears throat> we'd like to have you... Uh, deploy on Sunday. Wow. I had about, yeah, had about 36 hours to get my stuff together and uh, fly out of Salt Lake. I flew out of Salt Lake into Pennsylvania, stayed at Fort Dix, and then we were bused here to New York City. Wow. And that happened on, so yeah, I flew out on Sunday and I was bused here on uh, Monday. That would be, I think, around the 6th of April. Okay, so you've been there for a couple of weeks, and what what are you doing while you're there? Obviously, you're taking care of people, but tell maybe if you could, if you could talk about what your role is in the hospitals, your location, etc., kind of what you're doing. Could you go into that a little bit? I, I can go into some things, Parker. There's some things I can't talk about t- entirely, um, as it's a, it's a military operation, but and patient care issues. But yeah, I can talk to you about some things. Um, basically, the, the military is here, uh, the presence is, is in a couple of different ways. As, as most people know, um, the USS Comfort was deployed here. Um, it's offshore. Um, it was initially designed to see um, uh, patients who didn't have COVID-19 to kind of offload some of the pressure from the hospitals. Um, it since has become part of the mission to take care of COVID patients. Um, there's a big conference center for people in Utah who are familiar with the Salt Palace. And um, there's a conference center here called the Javits Center. Um, it's bigger than the Salt Palace. That wow. was, that was converted into a hospital space that the military staff, and it's not just the Navy. It, we have the Army and the Air Force all are here. Um, 
Army is kind of running logistics and a lot of the, the Navy and Air Force are the docs and nurses taking care of people. But um, the Javits Center became uh, a place for hospitals to offload their uh, COVID-19 patients who um, were stable enough to be transferred there to some degree. Um, and then the last part of it, uh, of the uh, attempt to help people here in New York and to combat this disease is uh, some of us were selected to go out into the local hospitals and uh, kind of as be the first wave to go out into the hospital and uh, relieve the pressure there on the local um, caregivers and to try and treat the large, very large number of patients that they have here. Awesome. Thanks for breaking that down. That was, it's really interesting to hear. And it's crazy just how quickly in motion it was that you got there and, you know, how you guys are taking care of people. It's kind of, kind of insane, but awesome that they're being so effective in their ways of um, relieving those doctors, like you said, and taking care of the people in need. Um, So could you kind of just go for it? Well, I was going to say, and as far as that goes, you know, I have great partners who have kind of jumped in and helped me out a lot. I mean, I literally found out about Sunday and was, or on on Friday and then was here. I have patients that had to be seen and cared for and my partners jumped in and, you know, kind of made that happen. So we have a great group of doctors at Ogden Clinic who are willing to help and, and you know, are in the right spirit and the right frame of mind to be, to allow me to be here. So... Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that, you know, your patients are knowing that they're in good hands too. You know, that you didn't just leave them or go on vacation or something, but you're actually doing something really significant and that they're still being taken care of. That's great to know. (laughs) Well, I wanted to ask you, Dr. Hall, what does your daily routine look like? Are you able to go into that a little bit? Yeah. Um, So at this point, I'm uh, taking care primarily of COVID-19 patients. Um, I'm, I know I'm an orthopedic surgeon, but uh, at the bottom of it, I'm also a physician, and the Navy doesn't really need a lot of orthopedic surgeons right now here in, in this battle, but they need physicians. And so I am I'm here. I, I cover, for most people that know um, the New York area, they may know um, I'm stationed at, or my, I'm tasked with Woodhull Hospital, um, which is in Brooklyn. Um, we actually are staying on the island of Manhattan. I'm not too far from the Empire State Building, actually. Wow. Uh, but, uh, but they bus us into Brooklyn every day to take care of patients. At this point, I'm, on, I'm doing shift work, so I work 12-hour shifts, um, which it, it, it turns out to be longer than that because you have to get bused there and bused back. But we usually have to get up about 5.30 in the morning, catch the bus by 6, 6.15. And then we usually get back um, sometime around 8, 8.30 at night. So it's, it's kind of a long day. But um, today is my day off. I get a couple of days off to be able to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel honored get that I'm done and things like that. Well, I'm glad. I hope this is not the highlight of your day, um, but it is good to talk to you, and I'm glad that we're not able to. Not a lot to... going on in New York City right now, Parker. This that's true. I I was told that you're not a big Yankees fan, and I guess that's a good <laughs> thing. 
I'm actually more of a Dodgers fan, which ironically came from Brooklyn originally. So that's kind of cool. But, you know, it's, you know, you got to respect the Yankees. You know, the Yankees are, uh, you know, they've won a lot of championships. So you may not root for them, but you definitely have to respect them. <laughs> that's very true. Well, thanks again for meeting with us on your day off. Um, just a couple more questions for you. Um, one that I was interested in knowing is, What's been the most surprising thing that you've seen while you've been working on the front lines? <clears throat> you know, it, it it's hard to see from from Utah uh, what this disease is, and. Um, Being here, it just seeing what it, it, it's doing to a lot of people is probably the biggest surprise. Um, you know, back, back in Utah, we don't have this to the extent here. Here, it's, I mean, it, it quite literally has changed their way of life. I know back in Utah, we think it has, but we still get out and we walk around and there's still golf courses open and there's still you know, some activities anyways, but here, I mean, anybody that's been to New York city knows how busy the place is and how much is going on. Parker, I can walk down the middle of the street for a block and <laughs> there's no cars, you know, and just the, I guess the surprise is to me was, you know, this, this is a serious disease. This is not something that, um, we should take lightly. It's not something that we should be so fearful of that we we um, that we can't handle it or something like that. We can handle it, but we have to be smart. We have to be intelligent in the way that we go about our lives. We have to be aware of the things that we do, and there are changes that we probably ought to make in our everyday. I mean, simple things like washing our hands. <clears throat> trying to, you know, trying to, you know, that's one of the biggest things in prevention and the spread of the disease. It's just simple things, washing your hands and um, coughing into a sleeve and to, um, you know, I don't think we're going to be a society where we walk around wearing masks all the time, but it, it, it certainly is an eye-opening moment to be here, to see the severity of it, to the, see the extent of it. And, um, you know, we, we need to be smart about the way we do things. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I think it's very hard because I feel like, you know, Utah and New York are two very different places and geography and population. And so uh, it, I'm sure it's, it's almost like two, two different worlds, two different extremes. And I think, you know, sometimes we don't realize the severity, like you mentioned, um, even just, you know, we hear on the media and, and I know that it is severe and probably more severe than what we even see. So thank you for, for helping divulge that a little bit. Um, I wanted to kind of move on a little bit. I know it's probably pretty taxing. You, you, you talked about your long days and, um, I'm sure it's, it can be discouraging sometimes working on the front lines, but what are some things that give you hope as, um, a provider, a provider of care for these people? 
you know, I mean, we're we're uh, we're a country that's figured a lot of things out over our history, and we're an adaptable people. And it, you know, sitting here in one of the the places, probably the place, at least in the United States, but one of the places in the whole world that's hit the hardest. Um, the people's spirit is down, but they are fighters, and they they want to move on. They want to they want to continue. They want to change to a point where they they succeed. And I think that's the thing that is the most encouraging is, you know, the um, the idea that. This is something that we can get through and in an area where I watch people every day that have been the most affected by it, they are getting through it. And we do, like I say, we need to be smart. We need to to do some things a little different, um, at least for sure in the temporary, but maybe even in the permanent. Um, And, you know, the things that give me hope are the fact you know, obviously the statistics, everybody follows those things as we watch them on the TV and things like that. And, you know, there's there's models that are, are graph models and things. And all those things are very encouraging. But again, moving forward, we do need to be, we need to be better about the way we um, try and prevent things like that. Yeah, I think this is definitely going to be something that changes our 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 natural ways of t- and tendencies for, for, for good, for sure. So thank you for answering that. And maybe this is a little bit of repetitive, redundant question, but what personally keeps you going? Well, I've, I've got a family at home and, uh, you know, I get to talk to my wife, you know, almost every day. Um, I've got, you know, things back home that, I, I look forward to. Um, there's a practice that my partners are keeping going. Um, there's friends. There's all kinds of things. I probably one of the. I mean, I don't get to respond as as much as I would like to because a lot of times I, I can't take my phone with me into the into the unit, the the ICUs that I'm in, just because I don't I don't want to get contaminated, you know. But um, right. I, you know, every time I go to my phone, I get a, I get like, there's 20 or 30 texts on there, all from people from home, either from the hospital or friends. Um, Dr. Jordan just sent, while we were talking, there was a little thing that popped up on my screen. Dr. Jordan just sent me a video of him wearing my, uh, my x-ray lead at the hospital right now. (laughs) So just little things like that are just, are precious, you know, when, you know, they, there's, there's certainly acts of kindness and, you know, that's what keeps you going. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Well, we talked about how we know New York City is in a very situa- a serious situation and difficult position with COVID-19, especially when compared to Utah. But what advice would you give to Utahns to inspire and encourage us to stay at home and avoid a similar situation? Well, like you said, Parker, Utah and 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 New York City are very different. Um, you know, not that there's anything wrong with either one, but they're vastly different. Um, New York City is a city of 10 million people plus right here, you know, and probably uh, I don't know how many different 
um, cultures and, and different uh, races and things. Um, it's a city where people are, you know, living on top of each other. There's, you know, high rises and, and apartment buildings with thousands of people living in them. And, you know, it only takes one elevator, one sneeze on an elevator to contaminate the elevator, right? Um, people here, a lot of people don't even have cars. They travel by taxi and by buses and by subway. It only takes one pe person to the sneeze and, and content. So, you know, we, we are different <laughs> in Utah. We, we have, we all have cars and we all live in individual homes and there's usually not three or f two or three generations living in a small home. So because of that difference, like I say, I don't think we're, we're going to have nearly what they have here. This is sort of a perfect storm here for this kind of a thing. But, um, I don't know if that answered your original question or not, but it, it is something that what we can learn, though, are from those kinds of things. Again, when we are personally, we need to take personal responsibility for taking care of people, other people. You know, if you have a cold, don't go to work. And I'm probably one of the biggest culprits. I mean, I'm trained. I don't miss work, right? It doesn't matter. I have patients. I got to take care of people, things like that. When you're sick, probably shouldn't go to work. Right. When you got a sneeze, you got a cough, use the tissue, use, use, you know, cover up. We, we, we just need to be again, smarter about the way we do things. And, and that's the way these kind of things are spread. And as we do that and we wash our hands, I think that's, we're going to, we're going to be better for it. We're, you know, whether it's the flu, whether it's this COVID-19 or something in the future. Um, but these kinds of things is what's going to prevent problems in the future. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for taking some time on your day off to meet with us. I, I really appreciate, you know, you taking the time to set it up. And also just for our listeners and viewers that have tuned in, Dr. Hall also sent us some behind the scenes, I guess you could say, of him putting on his personal pr protective equipment, which is pretty awesome. Um, so we'll share those as well. Um, but we just really want to thank you, Dr. Hall, and all of the people working on the front lines that are helping take care of people and just really helping nip this thing in the bud so that we can move forward and get on to our better but return to normalized lives, hopefully. Um, we, we really just want to say thank you from Ogden Clinic, and I know the community has all just been rallying around those um, front lines workers that are really just working hard to, to get this resolved. So thank you so much. Oh, you bet. You're welcome. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up today? I'll just, you know, can hardly wait to get home, but I'm glad I'm here. You know, this is um, this is why I joined the Navy, um, is to be able to help people and to be able to, you know, do good things, pay it forward a little bit to the country that makes it all possible for us to have what we have and uh, the freedoms that we have. So I'm... You know, I'm here because I want to be here and I want to help. Um, I do want to come home and enjoy the beauties of Utah again soon. But, you know, when the mission's done. Perfect. Well, we can't wait for you to come back as well. And we hope that it's sooner rather than later. So thank you so much, Dr. Hall. You're welcome. 
Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of The Daily Diagnosis. We're so happy that you joined us today. If you would like to find more information about Ogden Clinic, our providers, or locations, visit us at ogdenclinic.com. If you're listening today from Apple Podcasts app, make sure you leave us a review or subscribe so you can receive more information about the different episodes that we post. We love getting feedback from our audience, so those reviews are priceless to us. If you also would like to shout us out on social media, our Instagram handle is at Ogden Clinic. You can also send us a DM if there's a topic that you would like our providers to cover, and we really look forward to hearing from you. We post episodes weekly, so tune in next week, and we can't wait to be with you again. Have a great week.